That's it, Susan thought. Enough messing around. I'm really getting serious this time. She stepped off the scale and tried to put the number out of her mind. But it was etched into her vision. I weigh more now than I did when I was pregnant, she thought angrily and also sadly. She was pissed at herself because this time it wasn't a baby growing in her belly, making the scale climb. It was the sleeves of cookies and boxes of cereal she ate in secret. People didn't see her round belly now and smile at her like they did when she was obviously pregnant. She was just another overweight woman now, and she hated it. Walking through the kitchen on her way to work, she took her lunch out of the fridge, a roast beef sandwich on rye she had made last night. She looked at it and put it back. There's too much carbohydrate in that, Susan thought. I need to find a salad for lunch. And so she set off, determined that this time she was serious. No grains, no desserts, no wine. She was going to stick to salads for lunch, and that would be it. Oh, water only. And broccoli and chicken for dinner. This time was going to be different, and she was finally going to lose all the extra weight. What woman hasn't had one of these mornings? And for that matter, many men have them too. People with or without binge eating disorder know what it's like to step on the scale, be painfully unhappy with the number, and vow to buckle down. We emerge into the world on that day determined to be the best dieter ever. But few people make it a week before an out-of-control eating episode blows everything up in their face like a green smoothie bursting out of a blender with no lid. In this episode, we're going to talk about why efforts to control calories or weight often are a key driver of binge eating, but also why we can't simply say that it's the only cause. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. Hi everyone, this is Mary Claire here with a special announcement. As you may know, the very stories and strategies in these podcasts come straight from our Breaking Up with Binge Eating coaching program. This program is only offered a couple of times a year, and I'm thrilled to say that time is now. Georgie and I are starting up a new group on Monday the 30th. Are you too late? No, but you gotta hustle. We're taking a max of 50 people, and signups have been going on the last few days. So, how does this program work? First of all, it's not a diet. You may have tried other diets in the past. It can be so frustrating that the harder you try, the stronger the binge urges become. We will tell you how to tiptoe past that dragon. We will give you some counterintuitive steps, things you may not expect, to put the binge monster to bed for good. The coaching takes place in a private Facebook group and via email, so it's perfectly flexible for your schedule. You check in when you are free. We work together, practicing new skills. We share what's going on in each other's lives, our successes, and importantly, our failures. We support each other and learn from each other. It's a lot of fun and we always have some truly wonderful people. And most importantly, it works. 
nothing excites Georgie and I more than to see our folks turn the corner. So we want you to join us. Head over to nutritionloft.com slash store. I'll say that again, nutritionloft.com slash store. Now don't go to the coaching choice on the menu. You won't find us there. We keep the really good stuff hidden. Anyway, also, if you have any questions, you can always send an email to Georgie, georgie at nutritionloft.com. So don't wait. Come and join us. We look forward to meeting you. You can imagine binge eating as a pattern that keeps repeating itself, a sequence of events that run their course and start all over from the beginning. It starts with number one, cutting calories or eating less in some way because a person wants to lose weight. With enough willpower and determination, they expect that they'll stick to this, lose the extra weight, and end up slim and happy. They absolutely will not binge eat. That is not part of the plan. But the cycle continues through two, increased drive to binge. Three, whoops, continues binge eating. Four, restrict food between binges to compensate. This restriction could be as simple as skipping a meal or two. Number five, disrupted digestion, appetite, and satiety. Number six, the binge eating habit is reinforced. And now seven, increased frustration as weight goes up. And when we feel that frustration, the cycle starts all over with vowing to restrict calories and eat less. What gives? After all, we know that some people do lose weight this way. We read about them in magazines. Jenny had a turning point. She knew she had to change. She ate smaller portions, and here she is, 50 pounds lighter. Woo! <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Jenny most likely didn't have a binge eating problem. So while eating less was challenging, it did result in losing weight. However, for someone who's struggling with episodes of losing control around food, they just don't have that option, at least not yet. Creating a calorie deficit only leads to another binge, making weight loss all but impossible. There's nothing fair about it. Jenny's neighbor with binge eating disorder can't just follow Jenny's diet and get the same result. They have different bodies, different brains, and different learned behavior patterns. It's not about willpower or determination. It's about the involuntary things our bodies do when we enter a calorie deficit, and there is a well-worn neural pathway to binge eating. Physical factors like increased hunger, elevated cortisol, and alterations in how our brains process food stimuli cannot be ignored as a cause of repeated binge eating. We asked our clients, does this cycle of dieting and binge eating reflect your experience? And they energetically claimed familiarity with the cycle. One client exclaimed in all caps, yep, that's me, exclamation point, while another said she had, quote, 60 years of perfecting that loop, unquote. But other clients didn't feel like their story was depicted here. I want to highlight that because we are not saying that the solution to binge eating is simply eating more. Here are the words used by one woman. I'll call her Amanda. I had to sit on this one for a while to think it out. 
I feel resistance to saying that my binging is driven by restricting calories. Yes, sometimes not eating and letting myself get too hungry is a trigger to binge. Right now, though, I don't feel like I'm on a binge restrict roller coaster. I feel like I binge, and the rest of the time I eat as well. Maybe what feels more true for me is that I eat according to my goals during the day, and then at night I feel tired, angry, sad, lonely, and I binge to fill those spaces, despite not really being hungry. Which increases frustration because weight increases, despite eating mostly in alignment with my goals, which then leads me to another binge. I'm not trying to be in denial, but just explain more how my cycle seems to run. Another client commented that what started as a physical response as a child after being put on a diet is now more of a reaction to psychological stress or other triggers. She added that her trigger list was quite long, covering pages and pages when she journaled it. To stop a behavior, we want to understand it fully and to appreciate what job it's been doing for us all these years. Binge eating is often learned as a solution for one problem, but then develops into something we apply to other problems too, maybe every problem. Restricting calories or food items is not the only thing that keeps this cycle going. Negative emotions are the second major driver, and many people are impacted by both. As the discussion continued, each client added their thoughts about what contribution each side has made to their own development of binge eating. One client said, I'm not someone who restricts my food or calories ever. I have never skipped a meal, and the thought of a light meal stresses me out. So in binge eating discussions, focus on eating liberally as a cure to binge eating, I think I'm already doing that, and I get really annoyed. For me, it's emotions. To the listeners out there, I'd like to ask you to consider your own life and whether restricting food has played a role in the development of your binge eating or if it is contributing now. Did your first binge happen during or after a diet? Do you count calories or try to restrain your eating when you're not binging? Do you skip meals? If you answer yes to these questions, then you probably have some physical factors reinforcing the binge pattern. Identifying that can help you see that on your personal journey, some adjustments are going to be necessary to your normal eating, so you don't need the binge anymore to meet your physical or nutritional needs. Also consider how your binge eating is possibly serving you emotionally or psychologically. If you get the urge to binge under certain states, like being disappointed, sad, or excited, that indicates some degree of emotional involvement. Does the idea of not binging ever again feel like you'd be missing out on something fun, stress-relieving, or comforting? If so, you can see how healing will depend upon building up other ways to satisfy these needs. So binging becomes outdated, a coping mechanism you simply don't need anymore. Most of our clients' binge eating is driven by both physical and emotional needs. And the material we'll be sharing with you addresses it all. I look forward to continuing this journey with you.